What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is Sunday, August 2nd, 2020. Time to talk Major League Baseball as it's week two, essentially, of this sprint. I am joined by my co-host, Miss Brianna Winter. You can find her at Twitter at BWinner12. How are you today, Brianna? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, she's uh, definitely got one eye on the Angels at the moment. Um, we, uh, we, we tried to give them a half hour to sort it out, but uh, didn't happen. So they head to the top of the tenth. So if you do hear um, a expletive, just know uh, that that was Brianna's way and not mine. So hand the, send the hate mail her way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I anyway. probably won't do expletives, <laughs> but... I may make some noises. I think I'm the expletive guy, but <laughs> anyways. Uh, so obviously today, Sundays on this podcast network are all about baseball, uh, and we split it up. So first we have the whole of Major League Baseball. Obviously, we are about 10 days into uh, a 66, 67-day schedule. There have been speed bumps already, to say the least. Uh, you know, you... If you've, if you've forgotten that there's a team in Philadelphia and you've forgotten there's a team in Miami, don't worry, you're not alone. But um, so, so far, in terms of what we've seen, obviously we've seen a lot off the field, and we'll get to that in a moment. Myself, some of the things I've seen on the field, and um, I think for both myself and Brianna with our teams, they've hit a little too close to home. And the first thing is the bullpen struggles of both teams and not just the those uh, the Angels and the Padres but pretty much every team in the league. I mean, I know the Mets have always kind of struggled in the bullpen, but what what happened this past weekend was kind of crazy. Um and and the last two games with the Angels and Astros have been just kind of who's worse, uh, a one up of who's worse and then obviously the Padres situation and we'll get to that into the next podcast but in terms of the bullpen problems that we've seen about around the major leagues I personally think it's coaches or, or managers I should say I think managing bullpens differently now because it's only 60 games and um and maybe it is the three batter minimum I think that might be the bigger problem is the three batter minimum and uh unsure at this moment what it is and it is still a small sample size I know it's only you know it is one sixth essentially of this season but it is still a small sample size to see these um, bullpens really take years off of the fans lives pretty much all across all across Major League Baseball. Uh, Brianna what are your thoughts on that? Obviously like Angels have used between seven and eight pitchers in a game like for the last like week like today's game obviously we're at on our eighth pitcher on the not on the 31st they use nine so it's the bullpen are just getting their work in this season like obviously it's shortened but they're getting they're seeing a ton of batters this year agreed and it's now obviously this could change and we'll get to that momentarily uh, in five days these rosters are due to cut down to 28 and then I believe two or three weeks later, they will cut down to their final size of 26. So there is that to think about. Um, but right now, obviously, you see teams using a lot of bullpen arms. And maybe – now, I'll just bring the Astros up, for example. Seven – five or seven pitchers, between five and seven pitchers, made their major league debut 
for the Astros. I think it was seven made their major league debut in the first five games for the Astros. There was a guy um, last night. <sighs> um, anyways, he, he had never pitched ball above a ball. And he ends up, he, I, I believe he was the one who gave up the game-winning, um, well, it's a sack fly. The throw was a bit up the line from Reddick. But um, he had never pitched above a ball. And he's pitching in the bottom of the 10th in what essentially is a pennant race um, situation for both of these teams. I know, um, you know, the Angels have gotten off to a tough start and obviously the Astros have, but everyone's in it with, what, 50 games to go essentially. Um, so it's very, very interesting. And I think that could be a part of it. Another thing that I've uh, uh, seen this week that I guess we have all seen this week is the Joe Kelly situation. Last Sunday, we talked about the series to watch and the number one series for everybody. I don't care who you are was the Astros Dodgers. And it was to see what was going to happen with Joe Kelly and Brianna is very um, level headed and smart. I'm kind of the crazy one and the emotional one. So I'm going to go to Brianna to start and she's going to give you the facts and then I'm going to come in and be all emotional and, so, Brianna, why don't you uh, uh, kind of give everyone a little recap of um, what happened and then the consequences of those actions? Well, obviously, he made like a pouty face that apparently is now on shirts everywhere, as Brandon has sent me, and it's already in stores. Um, I don't remember the exact words, but he also said something that caused both benches to clear. I do feel bad for those pitchers that are all the way in the bullpen. By the time they get out there, it's over. But um, he ended up getting suspended for eight games, and now he is appealing them. So he was playing in the game the other night. And a lot of people are saying that that was too harsh. Obviously, these two teams have rivalry going on based on what happened three years ago. Um, so it's just one of those where everybody wants – Dodgers to win everybody's been hitting the Astros anyway so I guess exactly. he did Manfred wanted to make an example out of the Dodgers because they're the ones that would want to do it the most and and I mean that's the reason why yeah we <laughs> so, sorry Houston just scored <laughs> oh but that's the hardest part too is I think I have about a five second advantage on Brianna so I'm just kind of watching her react to it it's it's very um very diabolical a bit but um, she's a good sport. Anyways, uh, when it comes to Joe Kelly, I think one of the very fascinating parts about this, okay, 3-0 and and you throw behind Alex Bregman, yes, he's throwing at him 100%. We all know. Bregman took it like, hey, I know what this is. I knew this was going to happen. He went down to first base. I really don't think Joe Kelly was trying to hit Carlos Correa. Um, and, of course, he almost hit him. He, of course, never hit. Um, either Bregman or Correa, um, he, I think he just got, or he, he lost control of his pitch. Uh, I believe it was a changeup or a slider. And we saw all offseason. I mean, he literally broke a window of his wife's house, or I think it was his wife's like office. He's trying either the slider or the off-speed pitch. He lost control of it. And Joe Kelly, after he said, look, to be honest, I didn't know where the hell my breaking ball was going to go when I was throwing it. So I don't think the second time he was throwing at him and the reaction after now he strikes him out and apparently what had happened and of course there's two sides to every story and we've only kind of heard the dodger side of it but apparently it wasn't correa who had said something and it wasn't even Car uh, joe kelly who was reacting to correa with that kind of pouty face that is of course everywhere 
Um, and if he wasn't a Dodger, I would already own that shirt, by the way. But anyways, um, he was reacting to, I believe, what I was told was the, the, the Dodger or the Astros bench who was kind of chirping at him and he did the whole pouty face. And every single one of us have been in that. If you're, if you're an athlete and you hear people yelling at you and you're winning the game and you just hit them with the, mm, oh, it was amazing. But I loved it. Um, obviously, he is a baseball legend um, for uh, at least until the next person hits him, till maybe the Red Sox get their hands on him or something like that. Um, I thought the eight-game suspension was way too much. I understand why Manfred did it. He wanted to get way out in front of it uh, to make sure that nobody – but for me, I just look at it like, look, if, if I want to hit these guys, I bring up a kid that, hey, he's never pitched. He's not going to pitch the rest – and throw at him. What are you going to do, suspend him eight games? That's fine. He's never pitching again. So it's very easy to get around this rule for Rob Manfred. Um, so we, we have three more games with the Dodgers. It'll be at Dodger Stadium. I personally, I think me and Brianna are both holding out hope that somehow, some way, some fans can get in there or at least – I hope Dodger Stadium does something fun. I don't know if it's banging on trash cans or just do something fun. Maybe it's a janitor who's just banging on a trash can and who knows. I don't know. Let's have some fun with it. Um, and – in the main, and this will be a great transition, excuse me, uh, into really the Astros hitting struggles. And we, we, I start with George Springer. And George Springer is, I think he's gotten a little bit together, but I think he was one for 29 coming into this Angel series uh, and, and really had been bad. And the rest of them, obviously, I think it was Bregman, um, Altuve, and... Um, Springer went 0 for 27 against the Dodgers. So obviously, look, there's a lot of talk about what's going on with the Astros. Hey, maybe they don't know. I was a firm believer that, look, that the Astros cheated 100%. It was an egregious cheat. Um, other teams do it, I understand, but the Astros got caught. I thought the Astros honestly had enough talent that they didn't need to cheat. I don't know if this is just a slow start or if this is really – a situation where maybe this team isn't as good because let's face it. I think uh, even if they win today, they'll still only be five and four. If I do, uh, let me see where we are. Um, so the Astros, no matter what, it's been a down year for them. Um, yeah. If, even if they win today, they'll only be five and four in a situation where obviously everyone knows that they're not cheating again. I think this is about half and half. I think it's a half of the slow start. And half of these guys not having buzzers or not having the know the knowing what a pitch is coming. What are your thoughts, Brianna? Well, obviously, I'm just looking at the game stats from this game. Uh, Bregman's two and six. Altuve's zero oh and six. So he has really struggled. And then Springer is one for four. But I mean, everybody's going to have struggles right now. Like Angels have been struggling. There have been Dodger days where they have struggled, like specifically against the Giants. And I'm sure they'll have some against your Padres. <laughs> this week but okay yes um, <laughs> um so everybody's gonna have the struggles everybody's gonna have off days Mike Trout was one for 20 or one for seven going into that three-run shot he had um like last week against the A's so everybody's gonna have their slumps they just need to hope they get out of it very very quickly well, and that's the thing I mean because I, I could even throw Christian Yelich into that I don't know what he did today but I, I, I mean he was one for or two for 
Um, and the Padres have their have their own. Every team has theirs. I just I think it's going to obviously be magnified when it comes to the Astros because, you know, hey, we all the the magnifying glass or it's all looking at them right now. Um, and now, unfortunately, moving on to what's happened off the field. It's you know we had some fun with Joe Kelly and you know the Astros and stuff, but this it, it, it's it's a bit unfortunate if you are a baseball fan because uh, this time last week. I want to say the we are first hearing snippets. Yes, it was Sammy Alcantara had was supposed to start um, the the last game last Sunday against the Phillies. Ended up being pulled. He was one of the four players, and then it ended up ballooning to the point where the the Phillies or Marlins have yet to play a game this week. And I know that the uh, the Cardinals have been shut down as. The spread has got to them as well. Uh, I know um, Brianna sent me it uh, was a tweet from or a headline from Passan, Jeff Passan, pretty much saying that the the test reports or the early indications out of St. Louis are not good. Rob Manfred had to talk to Tony Clark, the Players Association president, and and pretty much put the hammer down. We're hearing reports that you know the Marlins went to a. Uh, I think it was a strip club. I know we were hearing reports that the Cardinals went to a casino. Look, I'm, I'm one of these people that, look, if you get COVID, that doesn't necessarily mean you're running around licking doorknobs, okay? It's a highly transmissible disease. It's, it's not, you're not um, being irresponsible if you get it, okay? I'm, I mean, you can be, obviously, but if you get it, it doesn't mean you're irresponsible human being. Now, that being said, going to a casino in the middle of a pandemic Yes, that is irresponsible. And to be honest, it's selfish. Because we're not talking about a team here. We're talking about uh, a whole league. Because I still don't know how it can keep going. We're talking about the Phillies and Marlins are one and two, or two and one right now. The Padres are, what, six and four? They're seven games behind everybody right now. And the biggest worry, I would say, is that this supposedly had jumped. It's one thing if it stays in the East. Okay, the Phillies and Marlins, if you guys have to just play seven games over a five-game stretch at, uh, later on in the year, we'll figure it out. But the fact that it's now in the Central Division, it's, it's, it's incredibly worrisome. Personally, I am enjoying baseball because every morning I wake up, I look at my phone, and I'm worried as to what, um, what I will get or what alert I'll get. I don't think it is likely that we see an end to this baseball season what are your thoughts Brianna I mean I hope we don't see an end to this season because I'm enjoying watching it so far but obviously like if you look at the NBA they've had no tests but they're also in a bubble with less teams so obviously it would be really hard for baseball to do that and obviously there are still people that are opting out while mid-season um but obviously it's gonna jump we hope it's not gonna jump into the west (laughs) Because that's where both of our teams are. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, I think I saw that the Phillies were going to be playing again this week or later this week. Mm-hmm. And Marlins have had no positive tests in the last two days. So, I mean, it's getting there. But, obviously, people just have to not go anywhere that is going to be rid- possibly riddled with the virus, like Sino. You know, and it's it's – this is the this is kind of for me the perfect 2020 story because I've I've asked the question why don't like why doesn't Major League Baseball have a fluid 
season. And, and when I say fluid season, and, and I should retract, or not retract, but clarify what I said. Um, when I said I don't see an end to this season, I don't see a finale. I, I, think, I think we will shut down. Um, I think the season will be canceled. What I was wondering, and I, I've since answered this question, is why can't this happens, okay? The, the, the Cardinals, well, everyone stops for 10 days, whatever. Everyone resets. We reassess. People can opt out, come in, whatever. We reassess and go again and just push it back. You know, if you have to play at a neutral site, you know, if you have to play at four in the afternoon, a World Series game, you had to do it, you know, to get the game in, whatever. But one of the biggest things, and this is incredible because it has absolutely nothing to do with baseball, but the reason why the end date is so concrete for baseball is because the major TV networks have told Major League Baseball, look, your season ends, but November 1st, the only thing that we are covering is the election. Well, I don't have to tell anybody how decisive and everything and the coverage that you're going to get from this election on that. So baseball has pretty much been told by TBS and Fox and all these, you get your stuff done or you don't do it on our networks. And look, TV money rules all. So I think that's a little tough because I do think something could happen. You look at kind of the KBO, they have a situation where if something were to happen, they should shut down. But they're playing all the way into November. They've already made arrangements for that. Obviously, they don't have a election situation that we have going on. But another part of the COVID outbreak is the seven inning games situation. Obviously, we're going to have to see double headers for the Phillies and the, um, the Marlins and the Cardinals. And even today, after the weather delay, the, um, what was it, the Reds and the Tigers today, we saw the first ever scheduled baseball game end in seven innings. Um, we've seen baseball games end in seven innings, but that's because of weather or other things. Um, so we saw two today, and it, it's interesting. For me, I don't like it. I'll be honest. I understand, once again, I understand why they're doing it, but look, these are professionals. We, if you need to bring two extra guys, let them bring two extra guys onto the, onto the roster for doubleheaders. I mean, it's, it's not a situation where these guys are halfway across the country. Most of these, in San Diego, it's, there it's uh, the main rosters at San Diego, uh, Petco Park, and then the others at USD, the University of San Diego, which is, I don't know, 15 minutes up the freeway. So, you know, we're not talking about having to, you know, move hell, hell in high water to get these players into the major leagues uh, rosters. Why can't they just add two extra roster spots and play nine inning double headers? But it's obviously, it's a moot point. Um, those are my thoughts on it. Seven innings. It's going to be very interesting if we see it. I hope we don't see it um, in the West because that means obviously COVID got to the West. But um, it will be very interesting to see if my team or Brianna or any other of the teams, I guess, that are on my radar um, do it. What are your thoughts on uh, seven inning double header games? I mean, obviously, they want to try to shorten it for those games where they have two games. But there are going to be chances where it's still going to go into the nine. Like I was questioning earlier, space is loaded. Um, <laughs> I was questioning earlier whether or not they were going to start the ITB in the seventh, uh, the after the seventh inning, or if they were going to wait till the tenth. So obviously, we found out that it was it would have been after the seventh, which means it would start like two innings earlier, which in a way is good. But at the same time, I think they want to play the full nine games. We all understand why they can't. 
but at the same time they want to get the extra reps in because this is such a short season so i'm kind of indifferent on it i'm kind of like in the middle where like i see the good but i see the bad so yeah. i mean i'm i played softball i'm used to seven so that's just one thing i'm used to seven I think maybe the main thing, what I'm most excited to see about it is maybe a situation like, are, are we calling it a perfect game? Are we calling it a no-hitter? Are we calling it a complete game shutout? I mean, what then? I mean, that's obviously down the road. It's like kind of the people who talk about, oh, well, what if someone hits 400 over 60 games? <laughs> Let's worry about that if we're, if we're, you know, 15 games to go. But in these situations and – Conversely, do teams maybe take advantage? Do maybe you save uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, a Max Scherzer for a game and go, you know what? I can give the ball to Max Scherzer and know he's going he's gonna to give me six out of the seven innings, minimum, um, and probably go all seven. So I think by the main thing, obviously, is the bullpen structure changes. Um, your seventh and eighth inning guys are now your fourth and fifth inning guys, which is kind of crazy to think about. But it'll be, I just think the most interesting part will be how teams will go about it, especially when they're scheduled a ways away, if that makes sense. So like two or three weeks away. So like, for example, obviously the Reds and the Reds and Tigers didn't know that they were going to have a double header four days ago, but the Phillies, know that eventually at some point they're going to have a double header and it'll probably know about a week in advance. Do they reset Aaron Nola? Do they reset Zach Wheeler and let him, them go in both of those games to really see if their aces can finish it off and not even get into the bullpen. I'll see if that happens. Um, that's obviously down the road. We obviously have to hopefully get um, the COVID situation under control and obviously decision time for certain players. Brianna talked, uh, talked about it in terms of players, um, opting out in the middle of uh, the season and, you know, in some situations opting out in literally the middle of the game. Yoannis Cespedes went AWOL today and it was the, I would love to have been um, a fly on the wall in the Mets either clubhouse or, you know, just getting the call from the, the welfare check. Like, no, he's not here. Or like, oh, it's not here. Like what? He's not there. No, like nothing's here. Like he's gone. Like, no one knows where, like, what? Where is he? We, I still don't think we know. I really think, I don't even think he's made an announcement. I feel like the Mets have just been like, you know what? We'll just, we'll just tell him. It was the most obvious opt-out ever. Um, but look, a lot of it is, Yoannis Cespedes lost money, um, and he feels unfairly. I mean, I'm sorry. If you break your, you break your ankle on your ranch with a big horse, they're, they're going to take their money from you, period. Anyways, he was declining. Um, he's he's opting out. I think this is the end for Yoannis Cespedes. I I don't know if uh, another team's going to take a chance. At least, definitely this year. Obviously, um, he's kind of always had that stigma, if you will, of maybe being um, not the best teammate. And this only reinforces that. But uh, and then obviously, Brianna, very close to her, near and dear, her uh, player, uh, her bet, her favorite player, or at least her. Uh, best player on her favorite team, I should say. Mike Trout welcomed baby boy into the world. And um, I think that's great for Angel or for Mike Trout and great news for Angel fans because tomorrow, April, uh, August 3rd, he will be back and uh, wearing halos. And then that little speed bump will be done and he'll be ready to hopefully make this run.
obviously going back to Cespedes, no one was even able to get a hold of him. So, and then they just found all of his stuff gone, and obviously that meant he's opting out. But I think his agent actually had told them that he was opting out. But at the same time, this was the middle of the game. They're in like mid game, and they're finding out, oh, he's not returning. He's opting out. Like, why couldn't you do this before the game? Um, and yes, Mike Trout has been gone since the 30th, but he is going to be activated tomorrow, and they're going to be flying out to Seattle sometime during the day. Um, for their game against the Mariners on Tuesday. Uh, but obviously, Lorenzen Kane also opted out too, like a few days ago. But obviously, Cespedes is going to be the main opt out story for the next like few days. Just like, where is he? Like, why Definitely. couldn't he do this earlier? <laughs> I, I go back um, to the 1998, or no, I'm sorry. No, it's 2001 Super Bowl here, in, uh, here at San Diego at uh, it was Qualcomm Stadium then. And um, Barrett Ritchie, I think, was his name, and he um, he went AWOL in T Tijuana. They found him two and a half days later. He walked back across the border on uh, Tuesday. He was supposed to play in the Super Bowl on on Sunday, and yeah, went AWOL in Tijuana. So I don't know um, what there is to do in Atlanta. Well, actually, I guess we all kind of do know what there is to do in Atlanta. And he looks like Joanna Cespedes is done. Obviously, obviously for this year, but definitely in the. Um, with the Mets and we move on to how the, the bets have gone. We're about 10 or 11 days in and we're kind of hanging at um, about 50. We're, we're about the break even point. Um, it's, it's been a difficult, but for obviously good reason. Um, I personally overestimated certain teams. Um, one of the main thing or one of the main ones have been um, the Reds and the Chicago White Sox. I had futures bets on both of those. Now, while it is still early for these teams to kind of turn it around, uh, the Reds at this point, I believe, are what two and four, three and four against the Tigers, um, and I can't. I, I mean, the Tigers have cost me at least three bets this week. They've been incredible, um, but they will get me back on the side because um, I have an over under bet on them for their wins at twenty one and a half. So they're already about a quarter of the way there. So that's great. But I was very very. Um, Surprised to see, I guess, the vulnerability of the Dodgers. Obviously, I think they probably got job done against the uh, Diamondbacks today. Last I saw, it was three nothing or something like that. But um, you know, losing two to the uh, Giants. Obviously, they got it done against the Astros. But the last two games against the Giants were really games that not only they sh they shouldn't have lost, but really they should have blown out the Giants. Um, I think they're vulnerable. We're going to see very very quickly how the West, um, at least the top teams in the West this weekend are going to, or I guess, no, this, this is the weekend. No, this week, starting this week. Um, so we'll see how the Padres and Dodgers go. Uh, also, I got to, uh, we got to stay away from Detroit. Like I said, they are going to be playing Cleveland in a couple weeks. And remember last year, Cleveland went 18 and one against Detroit. We expect the Tigers to bounce back in a big way there. And uh, the series that to watch, I think, early in the week, we picked – I got three early and three um, for the weekend. But the first one jumps out to me, obviously, is the Dodgers and Padres. Um, it's three games set. It will be at Petco. The Padres got off to a great start. They have since lost two straight. Um, but really – 
essentially the last four or five games have just taken a nosedive. Uh, the bullpens has been just bad, terrible. Might be the worst I've seen in a long time, which is concerning for a bullpen that was supposed to be really good. And conversely, the Dodgers I talked about. Look, this is a team that is uh, going to be probably tied for first place with the Rockies um, going into this. They don't want. They didn't expect to be here a weekend. They wanted to be two or three games up already. So I expect the Dodgers to come out. I hate to say it. I expect the Dodgers to sweep the San Diego Padres. I really do. Um, I think the Padres will have Chris Paddock going tomorrow. That will be their best chance. But if if you struggle against the San Francisco Giants and even the Colorado Rockies, and I'm talking about the bullpen, the Dodgers are going to rip them to shreds. Dodgers pitching is the best the Padres have seen yet. So we'll see. Like I said, I like the Dodgers to take definitely two out of three. I hate to say it. Um, I got to be unbiased. Uh, what are your thoughts on that series, Brianna? I'm kind of torn. Mm. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers lost two to the Giants that they shouldn't have lost. But regarding your Padres, they were in mile high, which is going to be a difference because they've got the elevation. Being a girl that went from California, like Los Angeles to Colorado, I definitely felt that elevation. So I'm sure they did too, especially going back to back on every single game this week. So I don't think you should count that. But obviously the Dodgers have been struggling. They've lost three. Obviously Padres have lost four. But I think it's going to be a tough matchup, and I do hope that your Padres do take it. But I think in the first two games they're going to go one and one, and I don't know who would take them. I think that's going to depend on who's pitching. That's great. Great point. And, you know, the Padres, they have, they, they're going to have shots, definitely. And especially, I think it's going to come down to how the starting pitching rolls. The second early, se- early week series to watch is the Phillies and then the Yankees. Look, big reason why, I don't know if, how competitive this series will be. It's going to be a, a home and away, two and two, um, two, at the, uh, two at Yankee Stadium, two at uh, Citizens Bank Park. I, I, I don't really know what the Phillies are. We've seen them. We've seen them only three games. Obviously, um, got kind of shocked on opening day, came back, uh, thought they righted the ship on Saturday to beat the Marlins last week and, you know, got to one and one and then lost again to the Phillies. Or I'm sorry, to the Marlins. They're now one and two. Obviously, the Yankees are the best team in baseball record-wise at six and one. I think the Yankees I, – I, I, at very at the very worst, I see a split here. I could see the Yankees taking three out of four. I guess I just the Phillies are kind of that team that we just look. They've only played three games. I like I kind of made joke or joked about it earlier that you know you might have forgotten that they're in the league, but it's kind of where we are. What are your thoughts on that series? Oh, I know we talked about it last week because the series was supposed to happen last week, mm-hmm. um, and obviously that didn't happen because of the COVID outbreak. But I do still think that. I'm going to say this again. I do still think that the Yankees are going to take three out of four. Like, I think the Phillies will be able to get one. But at the same time, we don't know what this postponement this week did to the Phillies and how they're going to do because they were one and three going – or one and two, excuse me, going into it. So obviously they were struggling going into it now that they don't know who's going to be coming back from the COVID list because obviously that's 10 days. I don't think it's going to be 10 days at this point. Um, so I honestly – would take the Yankees in this series. There's no other way to go about it. Yeah, agreed. 
Uh, and then the, the third and final early week series to watch will be the Battle of Ohio. It will be um, the Reds and the Indians. It will be the first two games in – yeah, so this will be another home and home to uh, the first two in Cincinnati, the last two in Cleveland. Now, the Indians, they're a team for me that I, I underestimated. I, I thought they were going to struggle early on. They've obviously done well. I mean, they're not gangbusters like the Yankees or anything, but they haven't, you know, sputtered out to the gate like some team. And the Reds, a lot was talked about for the Reds in terms of the, kind of the, the flashy team. And I drank the Kool-Aid too. And it's still early. I'm not writing them off by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I just think these are two very similar teams. Both teams are built for the DH and both teams are built to really hit. And both teams have really good starting pitching. I just think Cleveland has a little bit more experience and a little bit better um, on the pitching side. I mean, uh, Shane Bieber right now for my fantasy team is just destroying things. He's incredible right now. So I'm going to give the edge to the, uh, the Indians. Now, I could see it going 2-2. I know I did that for the last one too, but uh, I guess, you know, hold a gun to my head, I would say 3-1 Cleveland, but I could very easily see it 2-2 for Cincinnati. But it's, it's a situation where Cincinnati has to win at least two of these games or it's going to start to um, – it's going to start to get ugly in uh, Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on the Reds and the Indians early on four games? Well, ob well obviously you have Cleveland at five and five and Cincinnati is now four and five after their doubleheader today um, after winning both those games. But I believe that the, but that Cleveland will take it. Obviously, like you said, Bieber is like on fire right now. Their pitching is going to take it. Obviously they're just a 500 team. So, I mean, it could go either way, but I'm going to take Cleveland on this perfect and moving on to the weekend because you know that's what everybody wants to do the first series that hops out to me is the Yankees and the Rays and look this time last week the Rays were one of the hottest teams in baseball now we're talking about them that got the this team just got swept by the Baltimore Orioles um so who are the Rays we don't know but the reason I'm intrigued by this series is we're going to find out if the East is going to be competitive because with all due respect to the Baltimore Orioles, I don't think they can uh, compete with the Yankees, you know, in a stretch run the last two weeks of the season. This is huge for the Rays, especially considering how easy of a stretch, uh, I believe um, how easy September of a, uh, how, of, how easy of a September schedule the Yankees have. They, the Rays need to take, um, need to get ahead of this, take two out of three. I don't see it happening, though. I see the, the Yankees taking two out of three. Those guys are healthy, and when they're healthy, they are the best lineup in baseball. Pitching staff has some, uh, some work to do. Um, I, know, I know the Dodgers have their, uh, their situation. I, I, I just like the, the way the Yankees go about their business, the way that ballpark is set up for them. Um, now, of course, I think it will be at Tropicana or whatever it's called now. Um, but still, the Yankees overall, I, I think, are the best team in this league, uh, in the uh, American League. I'm going to take them two out of three over the Rays. What are your thoughts on uh, the Yankees versus the Rays? I'm going to take the Yankees. Obviously, Judge just had a three-run shot today. I think uh, he's like one of the first Yankees to do that in a while, like having multiple three home run um, games 
and obviously Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, you went on three against the Orioles. That should not happen. Like they were the like the worst team last year. Obviously, this is a lot shorter of a season, but they can't jump back that quickly. You guys should have won at least one of these. Exactly. And I mean, it, and there were extra innings last night. I don't know how today's game went. I know they lost, I think, but I know last night, <coughs> excuse me, uh, went to extra. So, I mean, they had their chances, like you said, against an inferior team that really, I mean, every team wants to win, but believe me, they're not, no jobs are being lost because the Orioles don't make the playoffs this year. Uh, the second series to move on to is the second appearance of the Phillies, but it will be the Braves and the Phillies. Obviously, the NL East is hyper-competitive. Washington, another team that's kind of been forgotten about with everything that's going on. Um, the, the East seems like the Braves' division. I think it was before. You could have made, um, obviously, arguments for the Nationals. We'll see how that goes. The Juan Soto situation's a little dicey. We should see him back, should get him back. I think he did come back for a bit or was scheduled to come back. Anyways, um, it's a five-game win streak for the Braves. They're getting ready to run away with this division. Once again, what are the Phillies? And if the Phillies, if what happened, if we what, ugh, what we both expect to happen happens, and the Yankees take three out of four, it'll be borderline panic mode for the Phillies. Now, they'll only be, you know, seven games into their season as opposed to um, the Braves. So they'll have games to make up and they'll have chances, but there still will be a bit of a panic. I like the Braves to continue what they're doing. Obviously they have some pitching issues, but the team can hit and they, the, they've seemed to have figured out their uh, pitching issues. Uh, Mike Fulton, obviously um, has been sent away. Very interesting series. I, I think the Braves can really start to pull away in the national league East. If they do what I expect, take two out of three. What about you? I think Atlanta's going to sweep. Oh, to be nice. honest. Again, we don't – sorry, there's a fly bugging me. Um, I think this postpone, this entire week of postponements will hurt the Phillies. Like, obviously, they haven't been able to practice aside from wherever they are. They haven't been able to do anything. So will they even be competitive enough to beat, obviously, the Yankees? No. Will they be, be competitive enough to beat the Braves, who are 7-3? and three? No. So I think Atlanta is going to take all four. Oh, it is a four-game series. I apologize. Or, I only oh, is it three? I, may uh, have, I, I, know it's, sorry. I know they play on Sunday. I didn't check all the way around. I may, it may be three. I'm sorry. I didn't. No worries. I, this fly is just bugging well, me. We're expecting the, uh, the Braves to uh, handle their business. And, and don't worry, we'll have another podcast to correct that if we need to before then. And the last weekend series to watch and the last thing we're going to talk about here on this podcast – Will be the Indians and the White Sox. Kind of two teams, you know, what's the cliche? A tale of two teams. White Sox, obviously, um, expecting a little bit more pitching hasn't been there. Uh, the young talent, I think it will get there, but especially Dylan Cease. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see what's next for him, but I don't know if he can be a, an ace on a contender right away. The Indians, however, are a team that I think it's going to be now a two-horse race, obviously, the Indians and the, uh, the Twins in that central division. I really think if the pitching staff can stay healthy for the Indians, and obviously the health of other players are key too, 
I think it could be a, a division win for the Indians, and I think they start to lay the groundwork in this series. I expect the Indians to win two out of three in this one as well. Um, I'm torn on this series. Obviously, Cleveland is 5-5. Five five. We don't know what their series to Cincinnati is going to look like. Um, so that could obviously uh, determine it. But also the White Sox are 5-4. and four. So I think this could the series could go either way. Uh, I'm torn. Um, but I think Cleveland might take it. I'm not quite sure. I'm like, I do believe they're each going to get one win out of the series each. So that third game, just like Cincinnati and Cleveland could go either way. Yeah. No sweep in that. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of sweeps in any division. I don't know, actually, now that I say that, I know the Cubs had a chance to sweep. It was 1-1. I don't know if they got that game started again. Do you happen to know? They did. They won. The, uh, the Cubs won? Yeah. Javi Baez in the 11th. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, anyways, so any final thoughts? Uh, anything else to add to the MLB landscape before um, next week, Brianna? This is the first Orioles sweep since 2018 of the Rays. So I'm sorry, Rays, you really should have won a game. Um, and then don't underestimate the Angels. Obviously, they only have three runs, but they did walk off yesterday against the Astros. They had their chance today with bases loaded. And obviously, I don't know if you guys saw my reaction or not, but I'm not happy about that game um, because they had the chance. Um, so I just wouldn't sleep on the Angels at all. But obviously, the Cubs, I do think, would have a good chance of just running. Agreed. And, and, and that's a great, a great way to put it, especially considering, you know, it is such a short season. And Brianna has such a, you know, she, you watch and you, and you just know. It's real easy um, to force someone to watch the Tampa Bay Rays. And I know the Tampa Bay Rays fans are just wondering why they're getting picked on right now. Well, it's because you got swept by the Orioles. But anyways... Uh, you look at a situation and maybe they don't have meet expectations or, or like we said, get swept. I think the angels in a series loss, I think proved a lot. Um, especially in a situation where that bullpen, I mean, had to work probably, I would say 65% of that series and did pretty damn well, uh, including two extra inning games. So there's definitely some some uh, some positive positives to take f uh, from the Angels, even though they are three and six, three and seven, three and seven. I just looked at the Atlanta Philly series is a four game series. Okay, so um, yeah, I think the Phillies will have to labor to get to two two wins in that. Um, I think Atlanta takes three out of four possible sweep. Do you think they're going for the full sweep? I think they're going to go for the full sweep. Oh, all right, you heard it, the winner's circle. Full sweep from the uh, Braves. I like it. I mean, you know, my Philly heritage doesn't really like it, but you know, the the Phillies are had a tough draw anyway. And you know, if you lose two out of three to the to the Marlins, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of love uh, against the Braves either. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network here on Sundays, where we dive deep into Major League Baseball. Well, my name is Brandon First, aka First Report representing the ESBC Podcast Network. Thanks again so much for listening. We will talk to you very, very soon. Have a great day. Wash your hands and don't hate. I'm the best there is.